Hello from Toronto and thank you for joining us for the September 2020 Meeting Highlights podcast. This podcast will highlight and update on some of the agenda items from the IPSASB's recent meeting. I am Ross Smith, Program and Technical Director of the International Public Sector Accounting Standards Board, the IPSASB. Joining me from the UK is IPSASB Chair Ian Carruthers and from Toronto, Dave Warren, IPSASB Principal. Ian, what's your overall assessment of the IPSASB's second virtual meeting? Could you share some insights on operating meetings virtually, as well as provide an overall overview for the September meeting? Thanks, Ross. Yes, this was IPSASB's second virtual meeting, and it certainly is a challenge working in the virtual environment, but I think it's one that the staff and the board are actually rising to. Certainly, we got through a lot of material, probably, I think, um, more than we might actually have expected. Uh, we had six sessions at this meeting of three hours each compared for our normal uh, four full days of discussion. So uh, I think, you know, when you look at the um, list of decisions and instructions, actually, uh, we've got through remarkably well and we've taken a lot of decisions, provided good direction for staff through to December. December will also be a virtual meeting because of the uh, pandemic and the challenge that we have for December is that we have a lot of items up for approval. So we have um, uh, the leases exposure draft and a request for information on leases and we have four interlinked projects uh, that are up for approval. The conceptual framework uh, limited scope update of the uh, measurement chapter. We have an exposure draft on measurement, uh, the update of IPSA 17 ED78 uh, and also uh, we have um, an exposure draft on assets held for sale and discontinued operations and aligned project with IFRS 5. So it's a big agenda, um, but uh, I think we certainly made good progress for us with it at this meeting. Thank you, Ian. The IPSASB approved two new pronouncements and two exposure drafts in September. Could you speak briefly about these approvals? Also, the IPSASB started its discussions at this meeting related to natural resources consultation paper under development. Ian, could you also share a short update on those discussions? Thanks, Ross. Yes, as you say, we've approved two uh, final pronouncements at this meeting and two exposure drafts. In terms of the um, final pronouncements, uh, there are two. The first one is on um, COVID-19 deferral of effective dates. And this is certainly important in terms of uh, the board listening to our stakeholders and um, addressing what will inevitably be pressures on them uh, if they're in the uh, uh, either the transition to accrual or those already on accrual implementing new standards. So um, we felt it was right that we should recognise um, those pressures through uh, deferring the effective dates by one year. Um, the second uh, final pronouncement uh, was um, non-authoritative amendments to Ipsos 41 on financial instruments um, in respect to public sector specific uh, issues, uh, monetary gold, currency in circulation, IMF quota subscription and IMF special drawing rights. And um, these were items that uh, were not addressed in the uh, original project on financial instruments um, back in 2008-2009. Um, and 
it's taken a while to actually really delve into the substance of these transactions, whether they really were financial instruments or not. And uh, through the work that's been done, we've actually arrived at these non-authoritative amendments, but they do cover important areas for government. Um, and I'm pl pleased that we've actually approved those uh, amendments. Um, then we have two exposure drafts that we've um, approved. Uh, both of these relate to um, the measurement project in, in, in some way, shape or form. Um, ED74, um, uh, which is uh, adds non-authoritative guidance to Ipsos 5 on borrowing costs, really um, addresses an issue that's been around um, since 2007-2008 uh, uh, when we looked at the uh, way in which um, the ISB had updated its standard and uh, removed the op option to um, expense uh, interest. Um, it went for the capitalization uh, option as part of the um, alignment um, uh, with um, the uh, FASB standards. Um, we retain the option because expensing interest allows alignment with government finance statistics um, and that's remained the case and and really uh, when we proposed moving towards uh, expensing it the uh, in the um, consultation paper on measurement um, again we had a, a wide range of views on that and so we've decided that it it's appropriate given the uh, twin approaches that the board has of, of uh, aligning with IFRS were appropriate, but also aligning with GFS were appropriate, that we should uh, provide uh, the choice for stakeholders, depending on, on which is the priority for them, uh, but also provide some additional examples to help with that. So that's ED74. Now turning to ED79. Uh, this is an alignment project uh, with IFRS 5 on assets held for sale and discontinued operations. It fills a gap in the board's literature um, and in scoping that the board has uh, agreed that we should stick very uh, strictly to alignment with IFRS 5. Um, although we have proposed um, adding a disclosure for where there is a difference uh, between the fair value of assets um, held for disposal, uh, where they're held at a historical cost. We feel that's an important accountability issue. Um, so the board uh, did uh, review the draft ED um, and it's uh, given approval to ED79. That won't, however, be released until we release the main measurement package because it does relate to the other parts of that. Um, um, in particular, the ED78 update and the uh, draft measurement standard. So um, that uh, that's the fourth approval uh, that we gave in September. Um, and uh, all of those four will gradually be published um, over the, uh, the coming months. Turning then to the Natural Resources Project. This is a very important project as the IMF fiscal monitor work has shown this is a significant area for many governments and it's also an area where we don't have any direct guidance at the moment. So this will be uh, an important area for work as we go forward and we know there's a lot of expectations from stakeholders out there um, in terms of our work. 
the board approved the project brief earlier in the year and this was the first substantive discussion that we'd had and we will be moving through this project uh, with a consultation paper as the first stage then uh, moving on uh, in the light of comments likely to an exposure draft and then final pronouncements. Um, the board discussed the structure of the consultation paper and had its first substantive discussion about the sovereign powers issue and this is really at the core of the work that we're going to be doing it's really the question as to at what point uh, can and should a government recognize uh, an asset in its balance sheet and the question about is it enough to actually um, have a, a sort of intangible uh, right to, um, you know, uh, a resource or actually do you have to have done something more substantive and we needed to look at the conceptual framework in that context what that says and also consider the um, what, what really does actually demonstrate that there is a right and it's so we discussed that, decided that uh, essentially you need to have um, introduced uh, legislation or, or something similar that uh, actually gives you the right uh, to exploit the resource and then that you have to actually have done that through uh, the issue of a license or something like that. So that was an important uh, discussion um, looking there particularly at uh, subsoil assets. Um, we will be looking further at the legal frameworks around that. Um, there's a, a, a sort of limited survey that we're going to do amongst board members and, and others to gain uh, to, to provide more information to support that. Um, the board also looked at the drafting in terms of the introduction to the uh, consultation paper and um, the uh, the first chapter. So it was very much a first discussion, uh, but I think important uh, in terms of the foundations for the work uh, going forward. And um, we'll be working on that consultation paper, building gradually uh, towards uh, the planned approval uh, for that um, in September next year. Thanks, Ian, for those updates from the September meeting. Reflecting on the important discussions and progress in September, Dave, could you please provide a short update on the progress related to the conceptual framework limited scope update and measurement projects? Thanks, Ross. You know, listening to you and Ian discuss all the documents that the IPSASB approved in September, it's easy to forget how much time and how much progress the board made on its conceptual framework limited scope update and measurement projects. But uh, thinking back on it, they, they did make significant progress. Now, stepping back, what the IPSASB did in September was they really moved forward or uh, actioned a lot of the decisions that they made in June. And the reason I say that is at the June meeting, the IPSASB really set measurement principles and concepts and really uh, developed the foundation for its measurement hierarchy. And what the IPSASB did in September is if they built the foundation for their measurement hierarchy in June, they really started to build the structure in September. Now, the measurement hierarchy is the way that the IPSASB uh, views measurement working in the public sector. Now, this isn't revolutionary from the existing IPSASB's uh, view on measurement, but it is evolutionary and 
it is supposed to uh, be easier for constituents to understand the thinking and apply measurement in practice. What the SASB decided in June was the measurement hierarchy would have three levels, and they started to discuss what would be uh, in the buckets at the top levels. In September, the SASB moved down and started to populate the other two levels within the hierarchy. The way the measurement hierarchy works is at the very top level, uh, these are the models. And the IPSASB discussed and decided that at the model level, there are really two buckets that uh, constituents can be in. You're either in a historical cost model or a current value model. Now, this was decided in June and coming out of June and in September, they really moved down to level two and level three. And at level two, and this sits below the model level, these are measurement basis. And measurement basis uh, are methods to measure or reflect the measurement based on the model that the uh, entity is currently sitting in. And what bases do is they take into account the uh, measurement objective of the financial statement item that is being measured. Now, if you're in the historical cost model, the FSASB agreed that there was only one measurement basis, and this is the historical cost basis. The historical cost basis is aligned with the existing FSASB conceptual framework on historical cost and will be carried forward uh, in the exposure draft that uh, will be coming out in the near future. When I move to the current value model, there were four measurement bases that were identified. The first measurement basis relates to uh, current cost. And while the FSASB is still working on the terminology, this is the working term that we used in September. Current cost is a current value measurement basis that is entity specific. And what is meant by this is the FSASB is developing a measurement basis that really applies in the public sector and takes into account the key characteristics of the public sector. And specifically, the FSASB is developing a measurement basis that will be uh, applicable to uh, assets that are held for their operational capacity. The next measurement basis is fair value. And a differentiating factor between fair value and current cost is fair value really focuses on a measurement from a market participant uh, perspective. It also is most likely used for assets and liabilities held for their financial capacity. The fair value guidance that's proposed is aligned with the IFRS 13 fair value that exists in the ISB literature. The third measurement basis under the current value model is cost of fulfillment. Cost of fulfillment is aligned with the existing literature in the IPSASB's framework and is used for measuring liabilities. The fourth measurement basis is value and use. And this is still, uh, I'll say the last jigsaw piece that the IPSASB is trying to work within the measurement basis uh, levels. And um, I'll say stay tuned to see where this lands. Right now, tentatively, uh, the FSASB has agreed it is a measurement basis, but is uh, working with how it all fits together. Value and use is applied when measuring uh, the value of an asset from the entity's perspective and considers the expected cash flows associated with that asset uh, measured from a present value perspective. One level below the basis are measurement techniques. Measurement techniques are uh, ways to estimate measurement bases based on the data available to the entity. The FSASB has identified three techniques. The first one is a market approach. 
A market approach would be used when an entity has market data available for similar assets or liabilities. The market approach would be applied when uh, estimating the current cost or fair value measurement basis. The second technique relates to uh, the cost approach. The cost approach would be used when uh, an entity is trying to value an asset and trying to determine the cost that it would be required to replace that asset. The cost approach can be used for the current cost uh, basis or the fair value measurement basis. The third approach or the third technique that exists is the income approach. The income approach takes expected future values and determines uh, a present value using those uh, future expected amounts. The income approach can be used for all four measurement bases under the current value model. In addition to the progress made on the measurement hierarchy, the FSASB also reviewed the first iterations of the measurement exposure draft and conceptual framework limited scope update exposure draft. This was an important step as it allowed the FSASB to see the principles and concepts that they had agreed to on paper and was important as the FSASB moves towards approval of these exposure drafts at future meetings. Thank you, Dave. The IPSASB is building towards the approval of a number of related exposure drafts at the end of 2020. The board is still making progress towards that goal. This podcast provided a bit of flavor of some of the interesting discussions from the September 2020 meeting. For more information, please see the IPSASB e-news. The next IPSASB e-meeting will be held virtually in December 2020. All meeting highlights podcasts are available in the meeting section of the IPSASB website, and listeners can find us on iTunes by searching IFAC Accountancy Podcast. Listeners can follow us on the IPSASB LinkedIn account and at Twitter at IPSASB underscore news. Thanks for listening and joining us for this podcast. Take care.